In this time of responsible self-distancing, I want all of our listeners to know that the entire Sky Pilot Sundays team is doing our part. Until it's safe to do otherwise, all of our episodes are being recorded remotely and not in the BCM studio. All of our interviews are taking place via phone. It's important to stay safe out there and we care deeply about the health and safety of everyone. We want you to know that it's more than just about us. We're all in this together. With that said, from my bedroom closet to wherever you are on the globe, thank you for listening, sharing, and subscribing. My name is Sky Stacy. You might know me as SkyFi, rapper and content creator out of Eugene, Oregon. Welcome to another episode of Sky Pilot Sundays, the podcast. The purpose for this show is to not only explore the perception we have of ourselves versus the external world's perception of us, but to also connect with creative minds and discuss the highs and lows one faces on the journey to happiness and success. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can do so by hitting us up on social media specifically for the podcast at Sky Pilot Sundays. You can find me at The Real SkyFi as well. Make sure to tag us so we can see and engage with your thoughts and use the hashtag SkyPilotSundays. You can find every episode of Sky Pilot Sundays now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Stitcher, Public Radio, and TuneIn. I continue to sing the praises of our friends over at Broding Creative Media, that's at B-R-O-D-O-N Creative Media, for sponsoring and powering this podcast. Also, quick shout out to Robert Carlton Design Group for their recent contributions to the show. You can see that plus other examples of their work at Robert Carlton DG on Instagram. Today for the episode at hand, uh, we have a topic based around small business entrepreneurship in the time of COVID-19. We're all in a sort of uncertainty within this time we're living in right now. And with that comes new growth, new opportunity, new intention to create and come up with new innovative ways to lead the field, right? So sliding in right in time for 420, my guest on the show today is a dispensary owner based in Springfield, Oregon, and has been running his business Deep Roots Cannabis for over three years now. Bringing his business mind focused and centered around themes of growth Please help me in putting your hands together for the man with the green thumb, Joshua Fowler. Joshua, you're on the air and in the air with Sky Pilot Sundays. What's good with you? Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to this. Thanks for having me. I couldn't, I, man, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. I'm so happy you're here with us today, you know, even if it is just over the phone. Um, <laughs> it, we're making this interview happen, you know, coronavirus or no coronavirus. Uh, let's launch right into it, man. Being that 420 is right around the corner. Uh, let's jump into some topical questions. First of all, what inspired you to start a small business? So I think, you know, initially my intent with getting the business started wasn't to start a small business. It was to find a space where I could help people and really connect with people on a deeper level. And so I was really blessed to be able to come into um, some contact with different people who led me into the um, medical grow side. And so I got to really see firsthand through the medical grow, how the benefits um, were kind of affecting all these different people and for so many different reasons. And so slowly that turned into a passion of cannabis and helping. And then, you know, through my experiences, uh, through employment and, ex and that, I was able to uh, come in contact with uh, my business partner and we were able to put together Deep Roots Cannabis back in 2016. Wow, in 2016. And that's that's basically how you developed the idea into a fully operational retail outlet? 
Yeah, so, you know, having the experience hands-on with the grow side, doing extracting, and then at a point, I want to say about five or six years ago, uh, I was brought in to manage a couple of dispensaries in the Eugene Springfield area. And through those experiences, I was able to really see how to, to grow a business, but maybe in a different way. I was able to learn from those experiences, things I did and didn't like, and uh, really come up with the vision of what I saw for my business. Sure. And your cannabis philosophy, what would you say that is? I know you mentioned um, medicinal use drew you in to begin with. What is your cannabis philosophy? I think, you know, for people, it, it definitely varies and it can change in time. For us, it really has been a basis in the medical side. You know, whether you realize you're using it for medicine or not, there is a lot of pretty intense, great things that can come from cannabis when used properly. So really our philosophy is, you know, get people the best quality that they can get for a price that they can afford and keep it consistent. Because when you have a medical patient who is on an RSO regimen, making sure that they have consistent, safe medicine to use is, I mean, honestly, the most important thing. Of course. And what would you say the percentage is of clients, you know, that would use medicinal cannabis versus, say, recreational? I mean, that's kind of an interesting one because you have a smaller number of medical card holders as there are expensive costs to get your medical card. Um, and with the way the state has kind of set things up, there's less and less people applying because recreational is an option. So for those who don't have the $400 to get their medical card up front, recreational is really the only option that they can use. But I would say if you were to look at the regular client base and say who's using it for a medicinal reason versus just recreational, I would say you're upwards of 75% in the medicinal sense. Wow. Whether that's for, you know, anxiety or depression or stress, what, whatever the reason may be, um, I, there's a lot more people who are using it for that benefit than I would say for just recreational fun. Sure. Beyond recreational use, has cannabis proved useful to you in a medicinal manner? Absolutely. So I was a freshman in college and, uh, Long story short, I broke my jaw through on both sides. Straight, um, yeah, dude, it was a wild time. Um, I was prescribed a lot of narcotics and opiate, just things that I never really saw myself being a user of to begin with. I was familiar with cannabis. I grew up in Humboldt County, and so like cannabis was a, a very common thing to to be aware of. And so um, I started using cannabis really personally for medical reasons around that time and through like my personal experience with the pain relief for myself there was a lot of anxiety and you know other things going on inside as well and i found that cannabis took care of a lot of those issues and i was also not hurting my body by intaking this product and so really like my passion grew in that that personal experience that i had initially as well mm. wow i can't imagine what that is like to break your jaw and but that that instance somehow led to you starting up a business centered around helping people through medicinal use of marijuana and beyond yeah like there's yeah, some I mean, correlation from a to z there or? yeah i'd say the correlation is kind of so when i went through that with my jaw i um used cannabis unofficially you know i didn't have my medical permit from the state at that time um, eventually I met up with a grower, built a relationship with a couple growers, helped really hands-on with some of the growing and extracting. I was using the product for myself at that time. I eventually got my medical card. 
and so from that it really kind of just led to learning more and more because I was at that time I had used cannabis I knew it helped with my pain and this and that but I didn't understand the the plant at the time and so um, surrounding myself with the plants and the extractions learning why this affected that and that affected this really started that driven passion it, there wasn't the goal of opening a business at the time it was just like I couldn't help but continue to educate myself and then that passion drove me into eventually opening the dispensary um, because with the shop the way we've modeled the shop is it's a very education based store um, so taking like those things that I spent years to figure out and learn and then passes on to customers and being able to share that experience with them so that they can make the best decisions for themselves and or do some more research of their own. Yeah, I really like that you that you specifically said uh, that you surrounded yourself with the plants in in my own craft within music, you know, submersing yourself in the craft, regardless of what it is, is so key to like. Absolutely. living it right and before you know it you are that you know which you're seeking how would you describe the eugene and springfield area business climate i mean <laughs> at this time it's it's very different i mean so in the aspect of overall businesses i think there's a lot of people hurting and i think that's really hard to to watch um people put their lives into something and, and then struggle due to things outside of their reach yeah um i mean I'm very blessed to be in a position where our business is still doing well and we are an essential business. Um, so I'm not necessarily being affected in the ways that some other people are. And so um, for myself and some other dispensary owners, we're able to still continue to operate, not necessarily as usual, but to still be able to operate as a business. And so for us, um, we've kind of become that spot of normalcy for people where they can go have an interaction with the people that they've built relationships with, mm -hmm. walk away with product that is gonna help them maybe deal with some of this chaos that we're experiencing in the world right now, which is COVID-19. Oh, and we'll definitely touch on, we'll definitely touch on that here in just a little bit as well. Um, yeah. it, but it really does come back to relationships. It seems to just center around these themes of relationships. And um, in my experience, I can say the same, you know, uh, coming to know you, coming to, to be even, in this podcast with you right now stemmed from from my lens it was ig you know i remember about three years ago maybe or so i started noticing um your handle popping up in my social media um and i, I don't know if it just I, if it started out as just through listening to my music or um through mutual friends but either way relationships uh stemmed into uh no pun intended stemmed uh <laughs> into a performance for some context uh, for listeners at home, I got to perform for a 420 performance a couple years ago now, somehow two years back at uh, Deep Roots Cannabis and uh, courtesy of Joshua. And so to be able to return the favor to some degree and have you on this show, it all stems back to relationships, man. Mm -hmm. um, and business seems to grow around that. You, you seem very knowledgeable within the, the the climate the business climate is deep roots cannabis the first business that you've owned deep roots cannabis is the first like physical storefront type business that i've owned um prior to this i did have an edible company um in the medical market for a while um which was part of i guess kind of turning into eventually the the store that we have now and then before that i did um social media management and content creation as well as like website creation. Mm. So 
that was probably my first business, and that was uh, Higher Thinking Media back in the day. So I would have a couple businesses. This was the first real tangible day in and day out thing that people were able to see. Well, tell Which us. Which is ironically, <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah, no, please, please expand on that. And then, and then a, a bit of the ironic part is, um, so with that website and social media work that I did for a good three or four years, um, that was actually how I got into the retail side of the industry. Um, I had done the growing and extracting and, and stuff on the medical side, um, but the relationships that I had built with uh, some of the dispensaries was actually how I got my first dispensary position, um, which kind of led to me gaining a lot of the experience that I'm able to use now. Wow. So it really does come back to that whole relationships that you build and the um, the drive that you let people you know in on so I I loved working with that company and I went extra hard for them and, and in turn um, eventually brought me in as part of their team and that experience was invaluable so wow relationships are huge yeah they're everything oh yeah I mean in cannabis the, the community is generally small just kind of like you know the music industry you, you probably relate to that where it's it's a small group of people and the more that you're there for each other build each other up and and realize there's room for everyone the more growth there is for everyone absolutely everybody eats yeah there's always mm-hmm. yeah there's always a spot at the round table well there's not necessarily always a spot at the round table but that's another episode huh <laughs> you know but with uh you know i mean with other competitors and and you know in so many legal cannabis dispensaries in Oregon you know you might say that the market is somewhat saturated my question my question is what sets deep roots cannabis apart from its competitors in such a heavily saturated market yeah I mean that's a great question I mean yeah we were one of two shops in the area when we first opened now we're one of four and another shop moving across the street and so it is extremely saturated and you know some of the things that i would say off the top that tend to be what set us apart is i think it's just our genuine passion for what we do i mean you can train and learn many things but a drive and a passion are not something you can teach um and we've been extremely uh, blessed in the people that we've been able to bring into the team the passion i think is from the top down just a love for cannabis and the ability to Uh, see what it can do for people and so when we convey the things that we've learned in a passionate way it resonates with people and so um, I think that's a big part of it is our genuine passion and and love to share and next to that is our drive to know a lot of us are really big into research and love learning and so being able to take years of things that we've learned and distill it into little bits and pieces for every client that comes in I think um, helps build them up in their knowledge, but also their comfort with us. And so we, we really focus on taking care of our clients, but also building our team. You know, you're not always going to have an employee for 10 years, but if you can build them up and prepare them for the thing that they've always dreamt of doing, then, you know, you're providing a service beyond just a position for someone at that time. It's still transactionary, but it goes so much beyond uh, the currency of, of money at that point. It's the yeah. currency of experience and really of learning, you know? Yeah, and I think next to that, you, you have to have product that you can stand by. You know, our thing has always been, I would never bring anything into the store that I wouldn't give my mom or my dad. Mm-hmm. So quality is essential. It's very, very easy to find cheap cannabis products that were made in questionable ways and sell them at a cheap price. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other art form to be able to find really good product 
and get it to a price point that the everyday consumer can afford. And so we've really worked hard on having that quality at the forefront in everything we do. And even if that means taking, you know, lesser margins on a consistent basis to provide that product, that's what we do. You know, we really do look at cannabis as a as a medicine. It is not FDA approved. I'm not saying it's gonna cure and fix this and that and everything, but I do think from my anecdotal evidence that there's so much to be to be benefited from with it. So Oh of course. There there are obviously tons of benefits that come along with cannabis use. Oregon passed Measure 91 in 2014. I'm sure you are well aware with a with a 56% to 44% margin. My question, my my first prong in these questions here would be: How have you seen the regulatory climate evolve since the passage of Measure 91? Yeah, I mean, from day one, I've I've been in the industry from pure medical to the transition to really heavily recreational um, licensing wise. I mean, there's, it's ever evolving. I think for any of us listening or that's been in the industry when, you know, the first two and a half years of recreational were, I mean, near daily changes, um, what was expected, what was allowed. Um, and you would be given, you know, five hours notice to implement a new, you know, a new regulation. And so it was, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's gotten much better, I would say in the last couple of years to where, um, we have a little bit more of an idea of what things are going to be. Things are a little more consistent, but even to that point with COVID-19, you know, we are getting regulation changes at 12 o'clock at night that are implemented for that coming day. So sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's one way to help you learn on your feet, <laughs> you know, when running a business, you yeah. know, a few hours notice here and there and just see how fast you can roll with it. Um, so what yeah, do you, th- I mean, it's crazy. What do you, what do you think has gone well, you know, since the passage of 90, uh, measure 91 and, and also what challenges do you think remain? Um, I, to touch on what I think has gone well is I think that we are now open to conversation. I mean, at minimum, there's a huge gap in, in knowledge and information for the average consumer or person who just has a question. They may not be a consumer, but they're curious. And so being able to have the open conversations and in places where people feel comfortable, our store tends to um, focus on that middle to elder age group where they really were propagated to believe really negative things about cannabis. And so being able to share and have these conversations in a building that is sophisticated and open and clean where they feel like they can ask questions, I think is is huge. And that's how um, we will set pace for the rest of the country is being, a, being able to have these conversations about cannabis um, and not feeling scared to ask questions. So I think just the ability to communicate about it has been one of the biggest benefits for sure. Not to mention, you know, the enormous amount of taxes being in flux to the states that are allowing for recreational cannabis. And so like, <laughs> there, that's a benefit, you know, on that side for those who are um, more on the economics. So I think you have growth in knowledge and, and people being able to make smart choices, um, but you also have more money available to these states who can really use it for infrastructure, education, and rehabilitation. On that side note, what I think things that are still hurdles, are, I think, just the natural disconnection between you know state and businesses and cannabis specifically there's a lot of weird caveats and things you can't exactly control and i think so in time olcc is taking more time to to learn hands-on from these businesses um as they have been trying to do i think we'll see better laws that make more sense with how business is is being done um and hopefully as well better taxation rates for a lot of these businesses i think 
there's a lot of people who got in this industry thinking they were gonna get rich quick and come to find out there's, you know, with 280E, which is a tax regulation that doesn't allow cannabis businesses to deduct anything beyond cost of goods sold. Um, I think being able to have better tax laws and things like that to help small businesses succeed are gonna be essential to the growth of the industry. Well, I wanted to share a tweet on the subject of, um, you know, control and surrendering control and sort of that we're in the unknown right now. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Matt Haney from San Francisco, D6 supervisor. He's on Twitter at Matt Haney SF uh, if you'd like to see this tweet and beyond. But on the matter of dispensaries staying open to the public, as you mentioned earlier in the program, an essential service during the coronavirus pandemic we're currently experiencing, he tweeted, cannabis dispensaries should be able to stay open for takeout and delivery only while keeping six feet of distance between customers. Yes, it is legal for adult use in CA, California. It's also still medicine for a lot of people. So I, I thought he seemed to hit the, the, the target right in the bullseye. Uh, at least that seems to be my stance on it from the outside looking in. I don't run a dispensary, but during this time of coronavirus, I'd really love to know, you know, from your perspective, your lens, what has it been like for, for Deep Roots to adapt to the impact of COVID-19? Yeah, absolutely. I want to say, first off, thank you for that that input. That's a great tweet. Um, and then for thank sure. you to all of the, the cannabis associates out there who are putting themselves on the front lines, who are showing up to work and, and being there for those patients and those clients who need us to be able to do what we do. Um, so I would say, you know, there's a lot of... Um, unsung heroes out there you know we definitely should appreciate the people who are out on the front line and, and serving our, our customers and clients and so no doubt so adjusting to to kind of all of these changes and and ever-changing climate you know we've definitely had to put in a lot of precautionary measures i think one of the reasons why we're doing well during this time still is we do have one of the largest stores in the state square foot wise you know we have a five thousand square foot space so we can more than easily keep you know, a 10 foot radius between customers. Um, it's pretty well big. As, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty big. I can vouch for that. I've been in this uh, establishment. <laughs> it's got some space. And, you know, so I think that's been really huge, but we've always been a place of, um, when you walk in, it's clean. Like I'm pretty OCD. You can ask my team, like <laughs> cleanliness is the big thing for me. And so we've always been known as a place that's open and clean and, and um, inviting. And so, um, having that reputation, I think, has been really helpful going forward because we are ramping up and have ramped up all of our, you know, sanitation procedures and cleaning policies. But having that in place in the beginning was huge, knowing that we were already ready for this because we were already doing a lot of this. So I think it changes, uh, you know, it changed a lot in the beginning of this COVID-19, but really just making sure that we can... Uh, have clients in and not make them feel like they're going to be at risk so um it just changed how we kind of deal with the daily procedures of like letting customers smell cannabis which they can't do at this point and just changing this it really hasn't been immense in my business particularly but i know in a lot of stores that are smaller um i've seen a lot of stores having people wait in lines outside and and uh, different changes like that. So I think it depends on the business. I was very blessed to be able to have a space that allows for you to still come in and shop as normal, even though we do provide um, pickup and delivery and things like that. 
How do you see the cannabis industry evolving post-COVID-19? I, you know, what I really hope in general for most industries is that we can all keep keep our eye on sanitation, you know, making sure that things are always this clean. For me, this isn't like, this shouldn't be new news to wash your hands and to wipe things down and to, right. to keep that environment. So I hope that just continues to be at the forefront for us as an industry, as Oregon is one of the leaders in the cannabis side of the industry. So um, I hope that we can continue to, to keep up these sterilization practices and also respecting people's space. You know, there are a lot of people that are immuno, you know, immune compromised systems that even though it's not COVID-19, they are at risk for other things. And so keeping that aware and having that conversation post COVID-19, I think is going to be essential. I agree. I see a lot of people moving with fear, you know, uh, uh, whereas it should just come down to, in my opinion, uh, respect of, of, you know, hey, I'm keeping my six feet just in the same way that I would expect you to keep your six feet for each other's protection. And it seems a lot of the times I've noticed, um, at least recently in certain businesses, I'll overhear mentions of customers saying, oh, this is great that they've got this, uh, that you've got this, you know, plastic or glass, bulletproof glass shield up between us. Do you feel safer when really it's, it's, not about keeping the diseased customers away from the sanitized employees. It's for everybody. It's respect for everybody. Mm-hmm. Not 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 coming from a place of fear. Absolutely. Um, and I think if we move in fear, we make wrong decisions. If we if we move with completely. an open mind and a knowledge that yes, we're we're in a special time right now and we need to take precautions to be safe. That's good. But when we move in fear, we open ourselves up to making wrong decisions and and moving too hastily. So I 100% agree with you on that. Like fear should not be our motivating factor right now. Respect for our fellow person um, and just an awareness that should go on past this. Mm -hmm. It's just all that's required. Yes. Yeah. Being uh, able to respond instead of react. Exactly. 100%. 100%. And well, finally, with 420 tomorrow, how is Deep Roots Cannabis looking to provide a unique client experience while encouraging responsible social distancing to prevent the spread of the novel coronavirus? Yeah, and so as you know, as a performer at one of our past events, we usually have like a live music truck, multiple bands, a food truck, deals, just legitimately like a very responsible, no consumption party. Um, for the day. It's honestly one of the best days of the year to work. It's so fun. Everyone is in the best mood. And so... Oh, I can I can um, vouch. <laughs> it's it's lit. So it, it is. It's honestly like one of those days where it's like work is just fun. It's, it's, it's really not even work. And so for us, it was kind of a, a huge change because for us, we had always gone kind of over the top with it. Um, and so this year, the state did issue a release about two days ago asking us asking all dispensaries um, to not do celebrations and to not run deals unless it was going to be spread out over a week's time period um, and some other things. And so for us, it was kind of pivoting because we had planned so much and we had already known we were going to taper a lot of that back. But to, to think that we can't really even offer deals on 420 is just, it's different. So for us, we, we've planned to still have our DJ um, in the building so that we have a bit of that normalcy, but we don't necessarily have all the bands and people coming through. And then we've just made our deals spread out for, you know, the weekend plus past 420. And so spreading that out so that we don't have too many people conjugating into one area at a time is really 
our, our big thing. But again, having the space that we have, we're able to kind of still have that DJ, some fun in the air, but, but being able to be aware of what's going on and, and giving people their distance. For sure. Would that happen to be DJ Stogard on the ones and twos? Yes, sir. You know it. <laughs> Salute. <laughs> Shout out to DJ Stogard. We yeah, actually, he's always he's, he's kind of like our almost resident, you know, DJ at this point. He's always been down to help us and, and get the energy up. And that's one thing we all love music at Deep Roots. Deep Roots is, I mean, like Braden, you know, he's a musician, and we we always love to bring music in when we can. Well, that's our time for this week, Joshua. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Before we go, please tell the good people where they can find you and your business. Yeah, so Deep Roots Cannabis is located in Springfield at 2155 and Olympic Street. Uh, basically between Walmart and Winco, the big green building with black wainscoting. So yeah, definitely come on down and, you know, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. And you don't have to come in the store to ask, you know, feel free to call us or reach out through social media. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I truly hope something Joshua and I have shared today resonates with you while at home, potentially thinking of finally starting that startup, that small business idea of your own. What do you think of the episode? When it comes to the topic of small biz entrepreneurship, what is the number one piece of advice that has helped you thrive in a life of service to others? Let us know when you follow at Sky Pilot Sundays on Instagram. Let me know at The Real SkyFi. And of course, use that hashtag Sky Pilot Sundays. If you would, do us a solid. Give this podcast a like, share, rate, and review. This 420, we would not at all mind a little high praise. Once again, you can find every episode of this podcast now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Stitcher, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Make sure to subscribe to Sky Pilot Sundays and never miss an episode. Till next week, peace and love, Sky Pilots. Over and out.